Welcome to the Capitalize podcast. I'm your host, Craig West, the founder of Capitalize, and I'm going to take you through our digital platform to help you work with business owners to maximize the value of their business and successfully exit. Today's episode of Capitalize Insights, we're joined by Scott Snyder. I've known Scott for quite a while. He's the president of the Exit Planning Institute based in Cleveland, Ohio, the world's leading education events forum for people who are working in business succession and exit planning. So firstly, Scott, hi, and thanks for joining us. Yeah, Greg, thanks for having me, man. Always good to see you and and hang out a little bit and have a chat. So maybe let's start with a bit of a chat around your background. You know, you personally, I know you've owned businesses before. You've done a lot of different things, actually. It'd be good to get a bit of background. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think it's for all your listeners, too. It's almost like Craig's a a friend and a colleague, but he's also like a big brother to me, too. Craig has seen me kind of grow up. Like if I ever wrote a book, Craig, it would be like, growing up through the value acceleration methodology, right? So always been an entrepreneur. And my dad, Chris, who created the value acceleration methodology uh, and alongside longtime CEOs like Craig, have seen me kind of run my companies through them, right? So I was operating totally outside of this business, started my first business when I was 16 years old at the seat in my high school geometry class where I probably should have been paying, paying attention to that. But I can tell you from a landscape standpoint, right? The geometry kind of came in, uh, came in handy. But nonetheless, I was able to kind of take that, run it uh, for nearly 10 years, about eight, nine years, until many people in in this exit planning space where uh, we got approached by a kind of a synergistic buyer, a competitor, if you will, then said, Scott, we really like your equipment, your people, your process, your employees. Have you ever thought about selling your business? Now, uniquely enough, my dad is a certified exit planning advisor, right? He was certified in 2008. So... In 2010, I guess it would have been the fall of 2009 when I was approached to sell my company. I said, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of know what you're talking about. My dad's a SEPA and runs an advisory practice. So we decided that wasn't the right time that we took the deal. And, um, you know, we were wrapped up by the end of 2020. And then I came into Aspire Management, which is a consulting firm where we were helping business owners grow value in their business and, and sell us where we met Craig. And um, then my dad and I partnered together to actually buy the Exit Planning Institute, which is our business today. So today, EPI provides the courses, community, the content, the credentials that primarily allow the professional advisor and their firm to better understand the exit planning process and, and better advise business owners of small to lower middle market companies. So you actually got into exit planning through doing your own exit? Right, little did I know. I could tell you... What I didn't know back then, and you might have heard me speak about this really in the last year or so, because we, we, last year we celebrated 10 years of owning the Exit Planning Institute. So on a kind of a reflection point, you know, 10 years ago when I sold more than that, I guess now, right? Two, that early 2010 is when we actually sold. I was experiencing one of my first exit planning lessons. And what it was, was do not let your business define you. Like we always talk about yeah. these three elements that a business owner has, right? Business, personal, and financial. And, you know, had a good enough business transaction Personally, financial, I was a kind of a young man, right? So I didn't really have like a robust personal financial portfolio that would have been affected. But what was probably the most affected was who am I now in my early 20s, sold my company that I literally started at that desk when I was 16. And, you know, what am I, you know, or I guess mid 20s, what am I going to do with my life? Who am I and and where do I want to go? So that was my first exit planning lesson. What I loved about exit planning when I came into dad's company was I got to work with all kinds of different business owners, right? landscape business owners, manufacturing services, professionalized services, all kinds of different companies and get to meet 
guys and gals that are like me that were very entrepreneurial, started their, you know, their their stuff at the seat of their desk or the bedroom in their house and and really ground up entrepreneurs. So yeah, absolutely. My exit planning institute story has really started with my own exit. Yeah, which I guess a lot of people do, you know, as you, as you go through that process and learn what you don't know, where the gaps right. were, how you could have done better, how you could have got a better outcome. Yeah. Tell us a bit more about EPI now. What does it look like? This You just mentioned yeah. you've been there for 10 years. You've owned it for 10 years. I did the SEPA program in 2011. So that's, you know, sure. quite a while ago now. Oh, yeah. and it's changed a lot. Yeah, it has. Well, to kind of your point, the profession too has grown overall really here in the United States and across and across the world. I think many business owners are seeing now exit planning as a business strategy and seeing it as a way to kind of balance their life. So how does EPI play a role in that? So back when I said we bought EPI, really the primary reason Dad and I bought EPI is that we wanted to change the mindset of business owners. What we saw is that the owner might have had really good advisors around them, but those advisors, although they were an expert accountant, financial advisor, M&A advisor, consultant, whatever their specialty was, they weren't cross-collaborating and communicating, and they weren't doing so in a way that made everything kind of universal and brought everything together. So what my dad's methodology did was that. So when we bought EPI, we wanted to teach those advisors how to really come together as a team to really power the whole exit of the owner, business, personal, and financial. So today, EPI is about 5,000 certified exit planning advisors across the globe. Uh, we service another about 10,000 advisors uh, that interact with EPI. You certainly don't need to be a SEPA to interact, but that interact with the EPI each year. So yeah, we're one of the probably... Certainly the countries, if not the world's largest exit planning community at nearly 15,000 people. And we're an education company. So whether it's a piece of content, an ebook, a credential, a course, a conference, we provide educational opportunities for advisors and we provide them with the community. So what I love probably most about EPI is that all those advisors that advise the business owner all come together under one community, which is EPI. So not only are you kind of learning about the different perspectives and the different people inside the ecosystem today at EPI, but you could literally do business with somebody sitting next to you at the SEPA program, right? Because you do the legal side and I do the business consulting and improvement side. We likely can do to do business. So yeah, it's a pretty cross-functional community today that that is uh, full of certified exit planning advisors and many people that for whatever reason, certification might not be right for them, but they, they're coming to, to learn how to better engage business owners and help them to eventually transition their company. And maybe just so people can can get a scope of the a sense of the scope. You know, we're talking about literally millions of businesses owned by baby boomers at some point heading towards an exit. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's passionate for me, right? So I'm approaching 40 years old, believe that or not, Greg. So approaching 40 years old. And, you know, I think many of us think that exit planning is something that you do when you're quote ready to sell, right? So we think about the baby boomer business owner, we think about somebody that's 60 years old. And here in the States, you look at the lower middle market and the small business market, which is the market we could certainly concentrate in, about 51% of those companies are owned by baby boomer business owners. And they're now hitting that kind of rapid retirement age at 62. The average boomer is 67. So you could think that naturally, they're going to start to think about what's next. And so they go to kind of want to exit this company. What kind of, and that is certainly an area that that's needed. What kind of, and maybe maybe it's biased towards my, my age or generation, what I think is super exciting for people inside of our space today is those next generations of, of, of owners. So call it 56 years old and younger. If folks like you and I can really inspire the business owner, Craig, to take action early, have a good, significant, holistic exit, 
we'll be able to actually showcase how the rest of the folks in the different generations, younger generations, we'll be able to inspire them to really change the way that they run a business so that it's kind of always decentralized, always protected, and always balanced. So to me, at the end of the day, right, exit planning just becomes a good business strategy. There's really nothing different. So I always say whether you're 25 years old and just starting your company or you're 70 years old more immediately trying to harvest value, you should be practicing exit planning the whole way through. So yeah, I think that's, uh, I think we have a, a, you know, for anybody in the profession today, we have a really cool opportunity to educate multiple generations. I think really do do good and purposeful work with, for business owners. Yeah, fantastic. So how much of your work is focused on advisors versus business owners direct? I know you do a really good, you know, state of owner readiness surveys yeah. regularly yeah. published. So Yeah, so I think we always have to work with both groups, right? The primary and the certification is primarily advisors. We have an EPI Academy product that is this on-demand education that goes to really has courses for all different types of people, right? So whether you're an advisor, a business owner, or really, Craig, one of the most emerging markets we see are the people that surround the owner internally, their director of operations, director of marketing, their CFO. So the Academy product can get into that. And we, to your point, we also do a ton of research. So we do something called the state of owner readiness research, where we, we gather research over months uh, from lower middle market and small business owners so that we can not only help them better achieve their goals, but have their advisors come in and help them achieve their goals as well. And then we also have the Exit Planning Summit, which last year became the, the country's and the world's largest exit planning centric event, which is also a mixed crowd. It's about maybe 20, 75% advisor, 25% business owner, but another emerging market as you kind of see the overall profession and the methodology evolve, you see EPI kind of servicing both owner and advisor because it's trying to really marry the two together taking highly qualified and educated advisors, marrying them with highly qualified and educated business owners, right? Makes the transition or the language, I guess, that they now all speak, which is for us value acceleration, a heck of a lot easier. Yeah, perfect. So tell us a bit about the advisor community. You mentioned already multidiscipline and collaboration yeah. and so on. What does that look like? You've got quite a wide, diverse group. Yeah, well, we do have a wide group. So the primary big three that we see are the financial advisor, really working on the personal financial side, the business attorney, and then the owner's uh, CPA or accountant. So those are kind of the big three for us. And, and, na- and I think big, naturally the big three for a business owner. As you expand, you see that, that kind of core team. So you see growth consultants, value creation consultants come along because that's really the name of the game, right? That's what we're trying to do. You see an estate planning attorney typically come on, come on board. And then usually a commercial banker, commercial lender. Then if you expand another kind of ring out, you're seeing some of these more ancillary people come in and out of the equation. So again, if you think about not just the owner's business, but you think about the owner business, personal and financial, they can have anywhere from like a life coach helping them realize the next phase of their life all the way through the functional things that we use inside of our business, a marketing consultant, cybersecurity, insurance, and then into the exit options. So you might see a employee ownership person, uh, investment banker, business broker, a family business or family enterprise advisor, uh, and things of that nature. So again, pretty robust, concentrated down to that kind of core team, but also depending on how you want to interact with EPI, right? If you're looking for the credential, you're probably one of those big three. If you're looking to expand into the other kind of areas of of the EPI community, you get pretty diverse. And the key thing there is you've got, whilst you've got a very diverse group of people, they're all talking the same language because they understand the five stages of value, right. they, they understand value acceleration, and every advisor that's talking to the business owner is saying the same thing. Right. And that's, the, that's what we saw 10 years ago, Craig, right? Where we said, look, again, not that they're bad advisors at all. Really good accountant, really good attorney, really good financial advisor. 
But the accountant and the attorney who work on the business every quarter, every year, every day, never talk to the financial advisor. And the financial advisor never talks to them. So they're running naturally on two concurrent paths, but then they're never talking. So what happens is something like what happened with me, which is I exit my business, feel good financially, feel good business-wise, but no one ever talked to me about the personal stuff. So now I'm like, well, what the heck do I do with my life? Yeah, what do or, I do? Sorry, I always love to talk to, too, is this, one of our CEPAs, Craig, called me. He said, Scott, I just came through your program. You have to talk to my business or client. And I called this guy at 9 a.m. And for me, 9 a.m. is uh, like I'm well into the business day by by then. And this guy, was he said to me, I remember, because he was a Monday morning at 9. He goes, Skype, you're kind of you're pretty jazzed up for a Monday morning, my friend. And I said, yeah, man, like we got a bunch of, we have a big company-wide kickoff meeting at 10 a.m. I'm always pretty jacked up on a Monday morning kickoff the week. He goes, man, I remember the day, like, I had a pretty significant uh, exit, like a like a $35 million company. Felt like I exited well. I don't really know what I'm doing with like my personal financial plan as weak at best, but you want to know what I'm doing right now at 9 a.m.? I'm like, what? He's like, I'm playing a pool, billiards, in my basement in my underwear. He said, I'm 54 years old. I'm divorced. I have kids, but they're all grown and out of the house. I got no one. He's like, and now I'm left like with a ton of money, but not a really good financial strategy and not a really good personal strategy because the people on the business side never told anybody on the personal side. And I never really knew that I needed to join these things all together in one cohesive and holistic plan. So yeah, to your point of everybody speaking the same language, I think it's critical. And so, yeah, that's the kind of community that you bring together when you have all these people that at least surround and believe in common goals, principles, and and framework. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us a bit more about, I want to just talk about the the services and the education that you provide, particularly the CEPA course. Just give us a bit of an overview of what that looks yeah. like so that people understand if they've got that credential, what they can yeah, expect. What that means, yeah, sure. So yeah, if, they, if, if credentialing is, is certainly interesting to you, it's a, a virtual program and it's three-layered. So the first layer is your virtual, uh, your virtual classroom where you come through about 16 di- different modules taught by 11 different instructors. And everything is really kind of centric to the value acceleration methodology. So it's a book, my dad's book called Walking to Destiny. If you want to grab a copy, you can certainly grab one on, 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 on EPI's website. But it basically becomes the value acceleration handbook. So you come through that course uh, every morning for one week, about 7.30 a.m. to 12 p.m. your local time. Then after that, there's some self-study. So we're trying to apply layer two is the application of the body of knowledge. So you follow along with a case study or... You're applying the knowledge that you learned to really start to build out this strategy for an owner. And then at the end of each day, we come back live after you have a t- time to digest the self-study, digest the classroom stuff. We have a virtual meetup uh, with our faculty from the day, where it's my favorite part, Greg. We kind of tell like real authentic stories about how it's implemented uh, and all of that. So you get your questions answered and, and you can see all of that. So you'll go through 11 different uh, or 16 different modules with 11 different instructors across a week. You take an exam, you pass the exam, you enter the you enter the certified exit planning advisor community and hold that credential. So that's kind of the, the the experience. You can get it all done in the matter of a week, plus the test the week after, and a little bit of preparation beforehand. It's a good model that uh, a lot of people enjoy. Yeah, and it's certainly evolved a lot. I mean, as I said, I did that in 2011, yeah. completely changed the way I run my business when I got back. It's a long flight back to Australia. I spent the entire flight mapping out the plan. <laughs> And yeah, uh, right. five stages of value, 21 steps, you know, we wrote the yep. book, we, we did the whole thing. Yeah. So it really is a quite a quite a dramatic change in the way that you operate, you practice. We like to um, say that it's like reinvented yourself, you know, Craig, like you come yeah. back and you say, okay, now I understand I've always been an expert financial advisor or business consultant, whatever you are. 
Now you're adding this new layer. So it's kind of evolved and reinvented your practice. So again, so you can connect better with business owners. But yeah. Literally in, in our case, based in Australia, we've, we've looked after 800 exits since the day I did that right. sleeper course. So right. over that over that 12-year period, we've now looked at you know 800 okay. clients, which right. is a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. That's massive impact. So I want to talk now about the the events that you run. Firstly, there's sure. there's some chapters and there's local chapter events, but then the big one that we'll get to in a minute is the summit, which is coming up in in sort of you know a few months' time. So yeah. maybe just start with the chapters, talk about how that works, and then uh, let's talk about the summit. Sure. So yeah, two cracks pick the, the two biggest engagement points for a lot of our advisors. So and what I love about both, you do not need to be a SEPA to get involved. This is where we get those ten thousand other individuals that start to interact with the EPI. So we have about 30 chapters and growing across the United States. They're virtual and in person. A lot of them have hybrid models. So depending on what I love about that is if you have some traffic at home and you can't get there, you can still tune in. Or if I'm sitting in Cleveland and I like something out in Los Angeles, I can actually tune into their meeting. So those chapters really do two or three different styles of education, right? They do your traditional, here's a hot topic and we're gonna dive into that for 40 minutes over breakfast or lunch. They have collaborative stuff where they do case studies. So we're kind of sitting at round tables, rolling up our sleeves, really getting to know each other from the different perspectives that are sitting around the different disciplines. And then they usually put on some large event each year that's like a business owners forum. So it's connecting the group to the business owner community. But if you're a, certainly an advisor looking to learn more about all the ecosystem, exit planning ecosystem topics and meet really great people that to Craig's point are all aligned around one methodology and common framework, the chapters are a really great point. Uh, to enter the EPI community. So beyond that, the large scale event is the Exit Planning Summit, which capitalizes a huge partner of this year. And the Exit Planning Summit is about seven to 900 this year. So we'll, we'll grow to- It's enormous. Seven to 900, yeah, enormous conference. Uh, and it is really for, again, primarily for the advisory space, but anybody that's really advising and a business owner. So primarily it's those professional advisors. But what you'll see is people like their CFOs, their director of operations, uh, the president of the company coming as well, because again, we're sharing exit planning, hot topics, rolling up our sleeves, getting exposed to great partners like Capitalize. And so it's really themed at the end of the day around three things. And that's how I saw off the summit. One is experiences. So if you're looking for great educational, transformational educational experiences, where not only are you going to learn some stuff that again, makes you more skillful or knowledgeable, but learn stuff that you could go home and implement immediately that challenges you as an advisor, that's certainly a place for you to go. If you're looking for the right people, so if you're looking to connect to fellow people that work within the space, develop referral partners, expose yourself to partners that can help you accelerate your practice, it's a place for you. And, and lastly is innovation. So if you're looking for some of the most innovative solutions, ideas, anything of that nature, things that will inspire you to think differently and maybe change your practice, it's also for you. If you're looking all for all three, you just hit the jackpot, right? Because <laughs> at minimum, you'll you'll certainly find all three there, if not minimum one of those, but it is. It's uh, not your traditional like continuing education conference. It's really not about the CE for us at EPI. When it comes to the summit, it's again about growing our practice, furthering our profession and connecting people together. Yeah, and look, I, I because of COVID, largely, obviously, I haven't travelled to anything for a couple of years. But I turned <laughs> up at the summit last year in May and sort of walked yeah. in and thought, "Oh my god, am I in the right place? This is massive." Right? Because last time I went, there was maybe a hundred people there. It is. I think that. Well, one to your point, a lot of people didn't travel, right? And so our last summit was before last year was back in 2019. The community was smaller, 
and people had all kinds of conferences that, that they could go to. So we maybe had 200 people there. Yep. Craig, you show up May of last year, right? So we canceled 20, canceled 21, and then in 2022, bring back the Exit Planning Summit. We go from like 200 people to 550 people just like that, right? So the community has certainly advanced. The profession has advanced. And I think the need for getting back together, experience those three things, right? Experiences, people, and innovation. And so, yeah, it's become a pretty cool, pretty cool event. And, and we're, you know, well on our way to 900 right now, which will be another like, whoa, kind of moment, right? Like you, you're, you're huge. Yeah. Almost reaching a thousand people inside the exit planning space, truly making a big impact. Very proud of the EPI community for sure. Yeah, it's a huge event. I'm looking forward to it. So the details for that is coming up. It's in May. Yeah, May 21st to uh, May 23rd in Scottsdale, Arizona at an unbelievable resort called the Phoenician Resort. So minimum, if you're looking for a cool uh, place to hang out for three days, great place to be. Uh, but you could learn about all the details. So partners, speakers, agenda, location, just go to exitplanningsummit.com and you can see everything up there. It's all live. We'll be announcing our keynote speaker in February. So you'll see who the, the big revealing of the keynote is as well. Yeah, great. And you had some great speakers last year with uh, Dr. Fred, for example. And Fred Johnson joined us about transformational leadership, the executive coach of the Seattle Seahawks. And we have all kinds of folks like that this year who, uh, again, it's not just about, it's, it's, it's about creative innovation and transformational education. So again, if you're an advisor looking to expand your practice, expand your knowledge base and be motivated leaving there with some CE hours certainly as well, definitely a place to be. Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So that's really good. I want to sort of transition now, pivot a little bit and just talk a bit more about EPI and you and your role because it's quite an interesting sure. business that you run. You've just talked about the scale of it and how much it's grown in the last five years. Tell us a bit about your role. What do you do day to day? You've surrounded sure. yourself with a really good team of young, energetic people. Right. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are a, uh, what would they call that, cred? Like a hyper, hyper growth company, right? So. Yeah. We, uh, you know, grow by like 40% plus per year, grew by 66% last year. And so when you talk about who we are in my role, right, it's like, I was like, maybe rewind the last 10 hours of my day, you know, kind of all over the place in a good, in a good way. So to Craig's point, right, we have um, 25 employees here at the Exit Planning Institute based here in Cleveland. As the president of the company, I'm basically in charge of the P&L and in charge of the growth strategy. So me, I'm surrounded by three directors, basically, that, that run the uh, three or four, I should say, uh, facets of our elements of our company, anywhere from the event side to the marketing side, the sales side, and then member services side. And so, yeah, my day-to-day -day is probably like, Craig, like your day or like many business owners' day, right? Like where my day is empowering other people to make their roles happen. And so I'm a coach. I always have this like interesting thing, especially in our business, right? Like I'm a coach. I'm an advisor, I'm an educator, and I'm a business owner. At the end of the day, I think that if many people analyzed who I was, I'm probably more of the visionary for my company. I can tell you this time of year, Craig, is like the worst time of the year for my team because I come out fresh from the holidays, new year, new vision, and then that vision keeps building. So they're like, Scott, slow down, dude. Yeah. Um, you know? So yeah, that's kind of, you know, I think the role that I, that, uh, I you know, that I, that I play today. Yeah, fantastic. And I want to ask you now about, it's a little bit more personal, but I know you don't sure. mind. You work closely with your dad, obviously. You co-own oh. the business. Your dad's the CEO, um, yep. you know, designed a lot of the methodology that you guys are teaching. How does that interaction work? Is well, he a typical good. baby boomer control freak, for example? 
Oh uh, yeah, Dan Dan is. He certainly fits. I mean, you know my dad well, and I, you know I'm not saying anything that he doesn't know, right? I would say that there's parts of my dad that certainly fit the the characteristics and attributes of a baby boomer business owner, and, and rightfully so. I don't think that many. I don't think baby boomers necessarily are wrong for thinking that way. I think, and I think that although that is kind of stereotyped into the the baby boomer generation, I think all owners have some sense of control, right? It's their Absolutely. baby. It's it's what they've done. It's what they love that they do. So today, dads, it's good. We've always had a great relationship. And when people ask how or why, it's because it takes a lot of practice, right? Like you think about like somebody like Michael Jordan, why he got so good. It, it wasn't just because he just showed up to games and played, right? Is that he was the kind of guy sticking around after practice. So dad and I use tools. We use advisors. Uh, we use our own SEPAs to help us have a, a good relationship in the office and, and out and, and communicate get, and, and get things done. So we basically decentralized dad from anything that he doesn't like doing in all operations. So dad now finally gets to concentrate on stuff that he loves and he gets to kind of pick and choose what he does. So he's our head of faculty for our SEPA program, which he loves speaking and teaching. Mm. Right now, actually, I mentioned Walking to Destiny right now. He's finishing up the second version of Walking to Destiny. So Walking to Destiny 2.0 launches at the end of March of this year. Uh, and then he laughed the other day talking to him, Craig, because he's like, dude, that was a lot of work you're not going to see me in the summer. I'm going to go hang out with mom, right? So so Dan, and then dad is, Dan also has an interesting role because remember, he's also an advisor as well as a business owner, right? Mm -hmm. So he's advised business owners almost his entire career, whether it was working directly for them in their C-suite or in their executive team or as a consultant advising owners. So I'm almost like a client of my dad's, right? Because I'm about as stereotypical entrepreneur as you get, right? Yep. Like, total visionary all over the place, making stuff happen. And I've only worked for one thing, one person my entire life, right? I worked for somebody when I was 15 and then at 16, never looked back, never had a job. Yep. And so me and my dad actually balance each other out. And I say that from an advisor role because Chris also takes on a lot of the, like the CFO type stuff too. So, um, so that's dad's role today. We, you know, and the way we do it is we uh, meet in a partner's meeting for two, three hours, once a month. He comes to our quarterly renewals, which is a part of the value acceleration methodology. Uh, and he comes to our annual company retreats and all goes well there. He doesn't really need to be very hands-on with the business, right? He's pretty in yeah. tune with what's going on. And though I, I think he fits maybe some of the stereotypical attributes and characteristics of a, of a baby boomer, he's done a really nice job over the past three years of decentralizing himself. And for those of you that are listening that have clients that have done that or you've done it yourself, He's gotten comfortable being uncomfortable, knowing that he's got a, a really good, you know, hopefully what he thinks, right? And in, in my role, a good president with a good team and, and the company is growing while our customers are very satisfied and happy. So that allows him to kind of do what he wants to do while not being involved. And I think for a guy in his early 60s, you know, he just had his birthday just a couple of weeks ago on December 27th. I think he's at a point in life where he's like, look, I, I want to do more charitable stuff. I want to hang out with mom. And he's a grandfather, so like yeah. he's he's into it, man. So I think that he is. I, I think that he's gotten comfortable being uncomfortable, has relinquished that control, and has moved on, I guess, to the next versions of what he wants to do. While you know he'll be at the summit, he's one of our three keynotes at the summit. But that's what he loves doing. So yeah, it's been a, a cool journey over the last ten years, and it's working well. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't know Nick and I. Nick, the CEO of Capitalize, yeah. came to your office. Yeah, several months yeah. ago, you were yeah. there. Your dad wasn't yeah. there. We met yeah. the team, we did everything we had to do. We had a really great day. And then, as you said, you know, your dad gets to do what he likes. So we went out for dinner with him that night. 
meet with our director of marketing, meet with our director of sales, you know, meet with our, our, our member services person. Those are the people that you want, right? Because even from my standpoint, like if you're just going to hire a director and then kind of muck up all their work anyways, then you might as well just do it yourself. Right. So you got to know that they're going to, you know, mess some things up along the way as an owner. But overall, I would say that it's thanks. It, It really has. I'm glad that I know that you guys enjoyed your time while you were here and, uh, it allowed me to get out and I think I was launching a chapter. Well, yeah, you were. You were doing a chapter launch or something. No, so I was doing a chapter launch. So it allowed me to go out there to do that while a you know a key partner like you guys can come in and, and get the things done that you wanted to get done without me here. I think, right? Isn't that like the ideal situation? Perfect. Yeah, it's a great setup. Right. And then get to have dinner with your dad that night. So it was perfect. Yeah, and hang out. <laughs> right. And not have to talk about a ton of business or like the operational logistics, like be able to just talk visionary and strategy and where you guys want to go because... You and my dad are both old, both both like longtime SEPAs that really helped mold what you guys all, what we all see today, right? You guys were early adopters of what what our profession is today. Yeah. So before we wrap up, first thing is you mentioned already the exitplanningsummit.com if for people that sure. want to find out more about attending. How do people get in touch with you or with EPI generally through the website? Yeah. Contact details. Sure. So the easiest thing to remember is earnsepa.com and SEPA is certified exit planning advisor. So it's SEPA C E P A. So earn SEPA dot com gives you everything epi uh if you want to get like great content good experiences and and see some funny stuff along the way that's entertaining just follow me on linkedin so yep. just type in scott snyder snyder with an eye to linkedin follow me there that's where my podcast my live podcast will stream starting uh wednesday january 11th every other wednesday after that you can watch us live on on linkedin here in the studio in cleveland but yeah between the two you can navigate to the things that that you all need so just quickly tell us about the podcast. You're launching that literally yeah. as we speak. As we speak. So yeah, we're doing a uh, doing a podcast. And the podcast for me, it's called Exit Is Now. So if you go to exitisnow.com, you can subscribe and, and watch it. And it'll stream live on LinkedIn, on Facebook. So you can really get an authentic view. You can submit your questions. The recording of that podcast will be released the week after it airs live. So you can get it on all of your podcast channels, your Spotify, your Apple, your Google, all that good stuff. Uh, but the podcast is really, uh, really, Craig, about a showcasing of my life as an entrepreneur. So I'll have I use my dad's methodology, the value acceleration methodology, to build my own company. So you'll get some like raw and real mm-hmm. stuff. You'll get um, like, and you'll get to see how it unfolds, right? So if you're an advisor, you're an owner, you're a young entrepreneur, you're a veteran entrepreneur, the, probably the show's for you. Uh, and um, you'll be able to ask questions along the way with our guests. But it airs, yeah, January 11th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. And then we'll, you know, we'll roll live every other Wednesday after that. So been a pretty big ordeal. We built out a whole studio, got the whole thing. Reminds me of my college radio days. So I used to be called the Duke and I had a morning rock show called Good Morning Rock. So I'm getting back in the radio. Do you know how to work these boards? And I said, yeah, man, I was certified radio. I was a certified radio personality. We'll have some fun with it. That'll be, I'm looking forward to it. That'll be fantastic. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up, three quick questions. What's your number one tip for advisors? Yeah, I, I was thinking about this. So it has to be for advisors that are working with business owners, right? Which is probably many advisors, not yeah. all, some way, shape, or form is. My advice to you would be stop telling the owner the right answers and start asking them the right questions. It'll open up a whole new relationship with them. So if you're looking to become like your most trusted advisor, most valued advisor, stop just telling them the right answers but ask them the right questions and start to have a conversation or listen. That is a fantastic tip. What's your favorite business book and why? 
So this, you know, so my dad would kill me if I didn't say walking to destiny, right? So we'll plug that real quick. Yeah. The one that I would say, I don't know if it's my favorite of all time, Craig, but the one that really pops for me naturally that I just read on my kind of year-end vacation that's really stuck with me and I've been referring to a lot for the past 60 days is called Making Money is Killing Your Business. And it's by a guy named Chuck Blakeman. So Chuck, and you know this stuff as a SEPA and a longtime adopter of the value acceleration methodology, right? He's basically saying, if you're only focusing on money, then you're not focusing on the personal and financial, right? You're not looking holistically. He described your uh, your business as an entrepreneur, as your son or daughter, and no one wants to change diapers their entire life, right? Like you raise kids so that they're out of diapers that they have, and they hopefully go out and have a successful life and, and career and all that stuff. So he said, look, if you're 30 years into your business and you're still doing the stuff that you were doing with them at a baby, like you've just been focusing on making money. And although you might make a lot of money, you might not have a really balanced and happy life. So it really related to the methodology in a, in a really, you know, I, I would highly recommend the read to, to anybody. Yeah, great. And the last one, I'm going to put you under pressure here. The question yeah. is, do you practice what you preach? Have you got an exit strategy? Well, of course we do, right? I started by saying the book I'd probably grow up in is like, or I, that I'd write would be growing up through value acceleration. So I have to practice what I preach, right? I want to live to be the case study. But to me, yeah, I think that you've seen the exit strategy happen a little bit over the last three years where we've decentralized dad. And now we've challenged the team to start to decentralize me. And it's not the thing that everybody has to get to know about exit planning, right? It is because it's not, it's not because we're selling. It's because I want to, I want to mitigate risk in my business so that I too can do the things that I love doing the most that I'm the best at. So I could go do other passions that I have in my life. Being a business owner is just one of many things of who I am. So yeah, we, we, uh, we certainly are. Uh, the next phase of this decentralization of ownership is to build that team that you talked about, right? So we had 100% retention of employees last year. We won a couple awards for having a great workplace. And now we have like a really solid, I think, executive team that I'm learning to relinquish control, be comfortable with the uncomfortable and, and have them lead the business overall. Fantastic. As always, great to catch up. It's been a really yeah. interesting interview. So thanks for your time. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. Yeah. And uh, we'll catch up in Scottsdale in May, face to face. See you soon, yeah, man. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for the Capitalize podcast. I hope you found it interesting and useful. There's a lot more resources available on our website, which is just www.capitalize.com. And if you're looking for it, it's Capitalize without the E at the end. Feel free to reach out to us if you need any further help. Thanks for joining us.